BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with you right here for another day of the early Line. We are live on Sports Grid. It is a Thursday morning. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. The energy is here. DRS, how you feeling? Feeling good tonight. We got NFL action in play. Wild night on the Major League Baseball card. So I'm excited for everything that we are going to talk about today. No doubt about it. And I know you're excited for this next story because it seems yeah. like we are getting a little bit closer to that resolution on the Sean Watson. Dan Graziano of ESPN reporting that his sources are telling him that a settlement between the NFL and Sean Watson's team is approaching. Perhaps within the next 24 hours, this deal could be done and we get the official word on just how much time Deshaun Watson will miss. Yeah, I wish the NFLPA and the NFL would actually get on the same page because these notions of the judge can rule at any time, but we're negotiating as if the judge isn't actually holding off until these negotiations take place. Mm -hmm. Who knows when it's going to come? It was supposed to be, Kevin, an expedited process, but that process started two weeks ago. Doesn't sound expedited to me, but we should find out sooner than later, or at least we hope. Would hate to see a long process then by their standards. One process that did feel a little lengthy, the Derwin James contract situation, but it has been resolved. The star safety for the Los Angeles Chargers has been paid a four-year, roughly $76 million contract, which is some big-time money for a safety, keeps Derwin James in Los Angeles for the foreseeable future. Game-changing safety can really do a lot in that secondary, but the only issue for Derwin James over the past couple years, Kevin, is what? Staying on the football field. If he does mm -hmm. stay on the football field, he's going to live up to that roughly $20 million a year contract, and rightfully so. Good signing for him. A couple safeties around the league, certainly with their eye on that situation. Some up-and-down news for Seattle Seahawks rookie running back Kenneth Walker. Wondering if he had a sports hernia there. Going to need some surgery how much time could he miss? He is going to need a procedure, but the hope in the building is Kenneth Walker will be ready for week one to go out there up against the Denver Broncos for the Seahawks team. He should be okay. And a running back just saying, hey, here, hand the football off and run. It seems easy enough. But we know in order to get onto the field in the NFL, it's not really how well you can run. It's how do you remember your plays and you can pick up the blitz protection in pass pro. We'll see if that affects him. But as a rookie, you need all those reps you can get, Kevin. And now he's not going to get those over the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, which is a shame. His offensive rookie of the year odds have been uh, ones that we are tracking. I've talked to some people who have some early positions on him. Considering all things, felt that this was positive news for their position on Kenneth Walker. The Seahawks are in action tonight as we kick off week two of the NFL preseason. How about the Los Angeles Angels sneaking in to the headlines here? Otani with a day, four for five at the dish. A A pair of singles, a triple, and a home run, and of course, an 11 to seven loss for the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, yes. Look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, though. Major movement here. Shohei Otani still sits plus 550 behind the <laughs> minus 650 for Aaron Judge. It just goes to show you when nobody's yeah. paying attention, except us, it seems like, that odds race is not going to move much. It just feels like that is the type of performance that would have changed the entire landscape just a couple of months ago, maybe just a couple of weeks ago, not anymore. Radio audience is live on this Thursday morning. It's Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side with you on SiriusXM. Channel 159, the early line, hanging out with you here. Taking a look at some of the top baseball headlines right now, including Mets, Braves. A Max Scherzer start where the Atlanta Braves scored seven? Sounds like a nightmare. Not these New York Mets. 9-7. The Mets get the job done. And how about Batty? Rookie debut, first at bat, finds the seats. Mets use the long ball in a major way here and take one off the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, this was nice. Yesterday, I told everybody, say, yo, let's get on those Mets. And they team total over four. Worked out very well. They had four through the second inning. Cashed in in the sixth inning all the way around. But if you're going to say the New York Mets, hey, man, we got six point six in the third innings, four earned runs out of max. We might have lost that game. No, you won. The mm-hmm. bats woke up. It's what they're supposed to do against bad pitchers like Odorizzi. Speaking of bats waking up, Josh Donaldson with a Oof. save. The New York Yankees down 4 nothing early. To the Tampa Bay Rays, bottom of the eighth inning. Anthony Rizzo ties the baseball game 4-4. It goes to extras. And in the top of the 10th, Araldis Chapman looked like he might be able to get out of a jam. Was not. And it was 7-4 Rays going into the bottom of the 10th. But Josh Donaldson, one swing, a grand slam. Walk-off style gets the Yankees out of their slump. Yes, it did. And I also think every other ballpark, that was a flyout. But since it was Yankee Stadium, the right field, everything is a home run. But a huge win for the New York Yankees in walk-off fashion. Ball traveled a mammoth 349 feet. A little respect. How about saving the best for last? The top story in sports, LeBron James signs an extension with the Los Angeles Lakers, a two-year, $97 million deal. A massive piece of news here as the Lakers right now are waiting to figure out what they are going to do to improve this roster. Is Russell Westbrook going to be moved on from? Could Kyrie Irving potentially be brought in? LeBron, though, gives the Lakers the security that they need to make those moves. Donnie, as much as I want to get your take, and I know you're chomping at the bit to give it, plenty of time. We will circle back to this story at the top of hour number two, but we go to the NFL next right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back with you here on Sports Grid, the Sean Watson news perhaps coming today. The latest is that the two sides, being the NFL and Watson's camp, are talking about a settlement. And this is something that we started to anticipate here on this show and as we uh, are on Moneyline Live at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Channel 159. Why are we waiting again? At this point, the NFL has the ability to make a decision. What is it that we are waiting on here? Clearly, the desire for these two sides, really the NFL's, is for a settlement. Because the NFL does not want to have to all of a sudden be in federal court. It's not that they think that they'll lose, in my opinion. It's that it's not a good look. It's not what you want. You would rather be able to say, we've come together, we've made an agreement. It also maybe will help go a little bit further in the idea that the Sean Watson has some contrition, certainly not that horrendous, quick two-and-a-half-minute video that he did before the opening preseason game, that made no difference whatsoever. The signs to me, Donnie, are pointing that the NFL wants a settlement, and it does appear Deshaun Watson's camp is listening. Do you think that is where we are heading right now? One thousand percent, because if you're reading the lines here and you're saying to yourself, well, the NFL is the end all be all in this conversation. And what I mean by that, Kevin, is whatever they say is going to go unless you're going to sue in federal court and it probably won't hold up. It just takes a lot of time and money and embarrassment for the NFL and the player involved. You'd rather come to a settlement. But here's the thing I don't understand. Now, it could all be different if we hear today, let's just say by three o'clock, Deshaun Watson has been suspended for one full year. It never made it to the arbiter, and the NFL and the NFLPA came to that agreement. It's one year and no more, and I don't know, a $2 million fine. Let's just use that here. I'd say, you know what? Roger Goodell was correct here. All along, he said it should be at least one year. He got the one year so they could save face in the media. You're still going to take shots over no matter what happens, but at least you could say this is what we thought the NFL wanted. I can't under any circumstance because remember, the NFL, what they say goes here. If Roger Goodell said three years plus, that's what it would be because that's written in the collective bargaining agreement. Two years, one year, whatever it is. I can't understand where the NFL has taken this stance for so long that it's unacceptable for six games. Every time you see Roger Goodell in front of a microphone, they're pushing for a year 
plus, how could it get to be where they would come to an agreement of, let's just say, eight games or 10 games and a monetary fine, and the NFL would be okay with that? If you try to equate it, Kevin, to selling your house or selling a car, let's just say you have a car in your driveway. You know what? I'm going to sell this for $20,000. But the buyer goes, now, nah, how about 10000 But whatever the number you say, Kevin, is the correct number, and you settle on $12,000. Hmm. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the NFL. They hold all the cards here. And if you do, why are you going to push your chips in the middle of the table and then just fold? It doesn't make sense here. If the NFL doesn't get at least one full year, I don't understand what the actual process was even for. So the interesting thing is, and the question that I've been trying to figure out, and the answer is only going to come when the suspension is finalized, I think, Donnie, is how much the NFL is valuing a monetary hit on Deshaun Watson. Because it does seem like they feel that is also important. I don't know if they, if that's just how they think business should be done. I don't know if they believe that Money is just as valuable as games played. I think I might disagree on that long term. And I don't know if it's because they are actively bothered by the Browns and Watson's trickery, for lack of a better term, in how they structured his contract. But we know that they are after a monetary hit. So I say that to say, usually, I would be, yeah, look, clearly they're going to make Watson's camp agree to a year because the NFL is threatening beyond a year, and they'll wash their hands of it. I'm still trying to figure out, can Deshaun Watson offer up $15 million of fine money and then get only a 12-game suspension? That is still what I am trying to figure out right now at this situation. Again, I think the answer is going to come today for us. But do you get a, a similar sense to me that the NFL is not just viewing this from the game's lens here and they do believe the financials are maybe even an equally important aspect of this? If they're thinking that way, they're, they're completely wrong, and especially with public perception here because you're talking about a guy who just signed a contract for $250 million guaranteed, and this wasn't even his first contract. He already had a massive contract, so money is not an issue. Take a look at Derwin James. who just signed that big contract for his safety, Kevin. Week 14, he blows up a wide receiver, and they go, okay, you have two choices to make, a one-game suspension or you pay a $50,000 fine. He pays the fifty grand and he says, I want to play with my guys next week. I can't imagine that they're saying to Deshaun Watson, let's hit him in the wallet for $5 million, let's just say, but he still collects $240. $45 million. The price to pay for an NFL player is taking away time, and that's games played because you can't get those back. You lose eight games, 10 games, 12 games, or an entire season, that hurts way more to a guy making $250 million. Now, Kevin, if we saw Deshaun Watson sign a one-year contract with the Browns for $1 million, and the NFL said, all right, 10 games, and you don't get paid this year. Maybe they go, oh, man, that really is going to hurt him. He's not going to make any money this year if he plays the final six games, seven games, three games of the season, right? But the fact of the matter is, if the fine is $3 million, $5 million, $10 million, $15 million, if you ask Deshaun Watson, all right, I'll take the hit. $15 million bucks, eight games, I'll get my back on the field and continue to make all this money I'm making. I can't understand why the NFL would even be fighting over a monetary fine. The monetary part is not the issue. It's the games. It's setting a precedent. You do this, you're out. Money is not a factor. How many times the, the average Joe, right? Hey, this professional athlete did this DUI or did this. 
he's not even getting any jail time or probation, and he's playing football again. Why? Because money rules the world. You can buy your way out of everything. The NFL should not let Deshaun Watson buy his way out of this. I, I agree. I don't know if that's how they see it. I do hope that we are going to get that answer today. It feels like tomorrow at the latest. The amount of times we've said that, though, it would be silly and a bad job out of us to put a concrete timeline on anything that has involved Deshaun Watson. I did want to ask this one question, though. The Browns right now have a couple of markets that you can bet on. FanDuel Sportsbook has been very smart not to open up the make-miss-miss portion of the playoff market there. The AFC, I guess there's a couple more than this, but these are the main ones I'm sure people are looking at. 14-1 to to win the AFC, 3-1 to to win the division, and a win total of 8.5. Juice continuing to climb under at minus 145. But I want to look at that top one, Donnie. It's 14-1 to on the AFC. Mm-hmm. Last year, you were in on the Cleveland Browns. I know you're impressed by that roster. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback that if there is not a big drop-off in the play that we had last seen from him, has the chance to really elevate this football team. At the end of the day, if he were able to get to the postseason, you'd probably be happy with a 14-to-1 price. So here's my question. What is the number of games that Watson could be suspended where you would willingly say, Give me 14 to 1 on the Browns. It's worth a shot. I would need a little bit more. And let's play this out in the movie theme here. If you remember Braveheart, right? William Wallace screaming, hold, hold. Why do I say that? Let this season play out here, Kevin. Let's just say Deshaun Watson isn't suspended for the full 17 games and can come back for, let's just say, the final six games. And the Browns are under 500. Who cares? It's about what you're looking for to just make it into the playoffs. If there's any time that you're going to give me like a 25-1 to with an Mm. under 500 Browns team, knowing that Deshaun Watson will be coming back for, let's just say, the final six games of the season, I'm not betting it now. I'm waiting till they're under 500. I'm getting the better price and watching this thing play out. That might be a terrible bet, but I think if Deshaun Watson comes back and plays well, that roster is as talented as anybody in the NFL. And allows you to see where they are, how much ground he potentially could have to make up. Then again, he might miss the entire season. Not the only NFL story out there, though. The Chargers continue to pay some names. And what does that mean for their upcoming season? It's all next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Derwin James has secured the bag. Hold in works again. If you're not a running back, this is bulletproof now. No fines, and the money eventually does come in. A big-time contract here for one of the key pieces of this Los Angeles Chargers defense. The concern, typically, though, around Derwin James is health. Donnie, when you saw this deal come in, what was your reaction? Reaction was good. Good for the Chargers. You didn't want this to play out, Kevin, right? The worst thing in the world is when very good football players that you are depending on, you know are unhappy when the season begins. It's why a lot of these contracts get done before game one of the regular season so you can have that clear mind heading through like, all right, I'm going to make this hit. I'm going to put the extra time in. I'm not going to be angry every time I show up to the facility. When healthy and on the field, Derwin James is a game changer, and you needed that here. Now, I always like to poke a little bit of fun at the Chargers. Why does it seem like the Chargers need the best players at every single position on defense if they have the so-called best defensive coordinator in the entire league, Kevin? Can you answer that for me? Well, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Sometimes, though, I wonder, has Derwin James maybe received a bad rap from people like myself, right? His rookie season, he played the entire year. Sophomore season, missed a ton of time. Only played five games. Last year, he missed two games. But on the heels of missing all of that time in the sophomore season, it's, ah, can this guy stay out there? Clearly, the Chargers trust that he can with the contract that they have afforded him. His best year, his most impactful season, was his rookie season. But, again, this is a guy that is probably only going to get, might only get better for these Chargers here and has a world of upside and can be a major impact player. There is an outside impact that this might have We'll get to that in a moment. It was a good catch by you. But I want to start just with what you were alluding to in the Los Angeles Chargers and the talent on this roster. If you look right now at the odds to a defensive player of the year, there's a lot of Los Angeles Chargers that will jump off of the page. Joey Bosa is at 14-1, to some of the best odds on the board. And a pair of 40-1s on Derwin James and Khalil Mack the newest Los Angeles Charger. My question to you is, do any of these guys jump off of the page as not just legit in this race, but at their price worth the bet? I think if you're like Derwin James is tough because for a safety to be the MVP of the NFL, he's going to have to do some ridiculous things, lead the league in interceptions. The team's probably going to have to have the number one overall seed in the AFC. So that's maybe a bridge a little bit too far, but as always, it's all about statistics. That's why if you're a cornerback and you can be the elite, the best cornerback in the NFL have two interceptions and you get passed over. Why? Because nobody wants to throw your way, but then you have mm -hmm. players like in Dallas, when you take a look at digs, Oh my gosh, this guy's all over the field yeah well we're giving up a touchdown for an interception every other series you sort of stick out a little bit more because nobody's going to see the touch oh look at all the interceptions look at the big plays he made as opposed to the plays you're giving up which is why you always look towards defensive end and linebackers particularly edge rushers because if they can get 15 16 20 plus sacks approach a record that sticks off of the page much more and also when you take a look at a sack look there's 17 games in the season. Averaging a sack a game will get you paid $25 million a year. So what you're basically saying is if the other quarterback drops back 45 times, 
Kevin, you have to win one time out of 45 against that offensive tackle, and you could be the MVP. So if I'm looking at Bosa and Mac, it's almost an even split for me on where you would want to go. I want to mm-hmm. believe that Khalil Mack comes over and says, boy, now nobody can just triple team me at all times. I'm going to get a little bit more of a free run. So I might be leaning towards Khalil Mack in this market if I had to pick one of the Chargers. And let me just clean this up here. It's a bad job out of me. Nick Bosa's 14-1. Joey Bosa's 25-1. to So you're getting longer yeah, odds yeah. on Joey. But to your point about Derwin James, if you look right now, Stephon Gilmore was able to win DPOI in 2019 as a cornerback. That was the first time since Troy Palomalu, a defensive back, if you will, was able to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Linebackers and primarily defensive linemen cleaning up here because of that statistical dominance. Why are you throwing at the best corners in the league? You're not. You don't. Now, Derwin James is a little interesting because it could be Troy Palomalu-esque in that if he gets you... Five picks and five sacks with 80-plus tackles. And the Chargers defense is one of the best in the NFL. We might be able to have a different conversation. He can impact the game in different ways. But it is a Bosa or a Mac thing. The interesting thing to me, though, with Bosa is he has had teammates before that have joined him out there on the defensive line at a super high level. And I'm not saying that Khalil Mack hasn't. But I think that you could get a reinvigorated Khalil Mack playing alongside Bosa. Mm-hmm. I think a defensive, uh, you know, or an offense's game plan against the Chargers probably focuses maybe on Bosa before they're able to get to a Khalil Mack there. And I think at 40 to 1, it makes that Mack interesting. One last thing here before we move forward. You mentioned to me yesterday how Derwin James can impact other teams and their current situations with perhaps another safety who is holding out. I've learned pretty quickly here one of your favorite stories that will exist from now until the contract is signed is the Joe Burrow Cincinnati extension because they're going to have to pay a ton of money, and that's not usually the Bengal way. And you're seeing that on full display with Jesse Bates. Superstar, as superstar might be a strong word, but a really, really talented safety for this football team who is looking to secure his money. And it seems like the Cincinnati Bengals are set on not giving it to him right now. Talk about that situation and how the Darren James contract might impact that. You know, it's really interesting about the overall topic there because everybody wants to get paid. Owners don't want to pay as much, right? That's always been the name of the game throughout the NFL's life. But if you're looking overall and you say to yourself, well, was that a good thing yesterday for Bates? Momentarily, you look around the NFL and say, man, he got this much money. I'm going to expect this. But even before the Derwin James signing this massive deal, the Bengals already told Jesse Bates they weren't really going to pay him this year because you know negotiations were trying to go on, and when he was laying out what he wanted, they're saying, no, we can afford you this year on a franchise tag, which also means next year when you have to sign Joe Burrow, and keep in mind also the Cincinnati Bengals knowing that this is going to be a massive price tag, are selling every inch of ad space now, including their stadium name, to try to get ready for this. So if you're Jesse Bates, you see that big deal. It should be good news when maybe it's not. Because let's just say he's forced to play under the franchise tag, sits out all of training camp and shows up in week one and signs that deal. 
Kevin, Cincinnati's not signing him next year either because they're still going to have to pay Joe Burrow an enormous amount of money. And then start to turn around and say, well, we're going to pay Burrow. Wait to see what the bill is going to be on Jamar Chase down the line as well. So this is one of those where your star player, who's a very good guy, expects to get paid and should get paid is going, I don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel in Cincinnati. But Cincinnati's MO is not to say, all right, look, we're not going to be able to sign this guy. Can we flip him for a second rounder or a third rounder? Knowing the next team that gets him is going to have to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. The Cincinnati Bengals have been known to say, oh, you don't want to play? Who cares if it hurts our football team? Go sit on the sideline. We're not going to pay you. So the next guy comes around and does the same thing. Cincinnati's in a pretty tough spot here. This is a team legitimately can make another Super Bowl run, but you need everybody pulling in the same direction. I don't think Bates is going to be that guy. One of my favorite little tidbits from the Darwin James contract situation, his agent, yeah, Jesse Bates' agent. Oh, that's just perfect. That's good. This is a really interesting spot, though, because Cincinnati's obviously looking to capitalize on what they did last year going to the Super Bowl. I'm sure Jesse Bates would love to be a part of Cincinnati long-term, but let's just be honest here. That isn't going to happen. If you are Jesse Bates, can you force the hand here for a trade? He will almost certainly be extended upon the trade like all of these wide receivers had been and bring your money in. Would Cincinnati be willing to do that? I don't know if they would, but it's certainly something for us to keep our eye on would, would the Cincinnati Bengals' win total drop by a full win if Jesse Bates was gone? No. But if you're someone that's picking them to win the division, do you want him there? Absolutely. In hour number two, we're going to talk about Seahawks-Bears, and we were hoping to get another look at Kenneth Walker, but we're not. He's got he, dealing with an injury. Procedure had all in all. The positive news is they're hoping he is out there week one. But does this perhaps shake the confidence of people that were taking a look at Kenneth Walker to bet him in the Offensive Rookie of the Year award market. It depends who you are. His number has come back to 20 to 1. I think you want a clean bill of health to start a season, but the positive look is it felt like this could have been a lot worse. You know, it's an interesting point you bring up here because it all is about the betting number. Now, what did you expect out of Kenneth Walker? Let's just say he's ready for the regular season, Kevin, but he's not going to play as much as maybe he was going to be. So I was under the belief that I'm not going to bet him now because I expected him to be the lead dog in week one and rush for 175 yards, and that was going to buoy me for the rest of the season. You knew that wasn't going to be the case. It's a rookie. It's Seattle. They're going to spread this around. So let's just say Kenneth, you know, he doesn't get off to the best start, meaning 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards, which, again, I don't think he was going to do that anyway. But aren't you now getting value? Because we've seen it before. Slow starts, but it's all about in the mind of the betters and also the voters. Late in the season, coming on strong. If you thought he was going to be a really good running back right out of the gate at 16-1, to 1, has an injury where he might not be full go week one, but still 16 more weeks to play, aren't you looking at this even more favorable, loving the fact that he's dropped down? I don't think this should change your opinion on Offensive Rookie of the Year at all. Interesting. I, I get I'd rather this news not come in, but to your point, they told you he's going to be ready for week one. And he was battling through it, so all in all, you make some sound points there. Again, we'll get to Seahawks-Bears in hour number two. Before all of that, big action in Major League Baseball yesterday. That's coming on up. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The early line continues on this Thursday morning. Take a look at some of the big stories in Major League Baseball and certainly a lot for us to take a look at here. Uh, We'll start it off right now uh, with the Shohei Otani performance that we mentioned in the headlines here. I know we've done this a couple of times, this, hey, is this race officially over? But I, I wonder if, should we be a little more open to the idea that If Otani heats up in a major way, that could change the story. Otani has a start that's going to come up over the weekend against the Detroit Tigers. Are we sure? One last time, piece of, you know, kind of housekeeping here. Are we sure that Shohei Otani is out of this MVP race? Sound minds would say yes, and that would be the proper way to go. But, of course, there's the other believers that would say, well, what happens if this, Kevin? Two no-hitters, a perfect game, and hits <laughs> yeah, a home yeah, run yeah. every single day over the next month, then he's going to be the MVP. But just based on the season and the way it's going, and the fact of the matter is yesterday would be a needle-moving game for Shoei Otani, and it moved no needles, that leads you to believe that this race is over. Here are two things to take a look at. His start against Detroit on Sunday because of how horrendous that lineup is. All right. And a three game series against the New York Yankees in LA to end August. Now, I know you might say, are those games going to matter? Clearly, you weren't paying attention when Dylan Cease became co favorites with Justin Verlander because the Astros all of a sudden were trailing the White Sox 1 0 in the bottom of the second inning of that baseball game. And by the time the game was over, It was minus 190, ultimately, on Justin Verlander. If that series begins, game one, Otani, if he's pitching in the series, is able to be dominant, odds might move a bit. Aaron Judge has a multi-home run game in that series. It's going to matter. I'll tell you this right now, though. Otani pitching to Judge. Now, that's head-to-head. That cannot be hand-waved like a Cease Verlander, even if the hand-waving was inaccurate. That will catch people's attention. Will it move the market? It depends, of course, 
how it plays out. One thing, though, that could impact this, though it hasn't, would be the New York Yankees' struggles. Man, sometimes you just need to win a game, but sometimes how you win it could really change the tone. The Yankees avoided a sweep at the hands of the Tampa Bay Rays. That should not be cause for celebration. But the fact of the matter is they needed it desperately. And the way it happened was everything you want out of baseball. They walk off Grand Slam. That is just beautiful stuff there. And it sends them into a very important series, four games at home versus the Toronto Blue Jays there. How impactful do you think that Josh Donaldson walk-off home run might be? It was huge. And how about seven runs in the 10th inning alone, and that including that grand slam by Donaldson. But it looked like it was headed for another disaster. We were right here on the show 24 hours ago saying, hey, what's the best way to bet the Yankees? Don't bet them in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth inning. Why? Because they have no runs, which they didn't have any runs after five innings yesterday, but end up with eight runs with a walk-off grand slam. Now, I can't imagine how many people actually stayed in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium for that game after three runs scored in the top of the 10th inning. You know that's doom and gloom. You can expect one run with the ghost runner on second base, but anything outside of that is going to be extra juice, only to get four runs from a grand slam. That has to feel good for the Yankees, the front office, the organization, and the fans, where you can go to sleep like, whoa, we still have a 10-game lead. Let's think about this. They still have a 10-game lead in that division. So if they would have lost that game, it would have turned to them, what, like eight or so at that point? It wouldn't have had any difference whatsoever, whatsoever here when you wake up because you still have that big league moving down the stretch. But psychologically, massive mm-hmm. win for the New York Yankees. I I totally, totally agree. I think going into this series with Toronto as well, who got themselves a nice little win against the Orioles yesterday, when we're taking a talk, when we're looking at that AL wild card race there, it feels like a big series. It starts tonight. Montas has the ball, Barrios for Toronto, and we'll preview that for you, no doubt about it. Uh, how about Lodolo up against these Philadelphia Phillies here? That's pretty impressive stuff. A lineup that was really getting after it. Seven innings of no-run baseball, struck out eight overall. The one thing is, I got to tip my cap here. Now, a one nothing final score, I'm not saying you saw it coming, but hey, you said under, you sent the warning signal out, and it certainly yeah. was as under as possible. Yeah, Suarez going head-to-head with Lodolo here, two lefties, and they were dealing all game long. A total of 11 hits in the game, and quite frankly, nobody was really even threatening. I believe the Phillies like an 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, and then I think the Reds finally cashed in with one, but they were around 1 for 5 or 1 for 6. So a boring baseball game. So those old-school baseball guys that love a good one to nothing game, that was in the cards yesterday. Early start yesterday. Eh, We'll see with the Phillies. It's hard to sweep teams in Major League Baseball. If you have to ask the Phillies heading in to play the Reds, if you take two out of three games, would you be happy with that? They'd say absolutely. That's what happened because now the New York Metropolitans are on deck. So we'll see if the Phillies can up their game at that point. The Phillies certainly are going to need to try. And it's, it's so interesting, right? The story around them was beating up on good teams, making it hard on themselves for losing to the bad teams. You win, a, you win a road series, you live with that, right? It's mm-hmm. Now they got to be able to do more than just beat up on bad baseball teams, the Philadelphia Phils. You bring the Mets into town, it feels like a big one. And the beauty of it is you're going to miss both DeGrom and yes. Scherzer, which is huge for the Phils. Let's talk about Scherzer. Let's talk about DeGrom. The Atlanta Braves yesterday 
looking for an opportunity to take the first three games of a four-game set against the Mets. If you would have told the Braves or any Braves backer yesterday, that team went out there and scored seven runs, cash that ticket. I know I know. Oda Rizzi isn't necessarily the best, but come on. Seven runs at home has to be enough to cross the finish line. No way. Run oh. line covered by the Mets, in fact. Nine to seven there. Max Scherzer was not terrible. Ultimately, he got pulled. Runs were allowed, not on his watch, but they were his earned runs. You know how the whole thing works. Scherzer was good, not great. But all in all, the Mets showed they are more than just a couple of arms at the top of a rotation. This has been a complete baseball team for the majority of this season. And now with Scherzer and DeGrom back, I maintain the scariest team in baseball. And how about this odds movement here? Minus 550 to win this division yesterday. They take this game with DeGrom on the mound tonight. Minus 850 off of one win. It's pretty incredible, and that's the way it's probably going to set up here because you looked, you were going to get some momentum out of the Braves in the series, but whenever you have the back end of your rotation in the series being Scherzer and DeGrom, it usually works out in your favor. I thought yesterday, lining this game up, that the Mets were going to win, was more comfortable with the Mets scoring than winning the baseball game. They ended up with nine runs, and also if you bet the run line, that also came up a win. But if you're the Braves, if you look at a game, you scored seven runs, Kevin, and your first five hitters in the lineup didn't record a hit, that's pretty impressive because that shows the depth of the Atlanta Braves. And even a game where a Max Scherzer start, Kevin, usually you'd say, yeah, that makes some sense. First five guys didn't get hits. Neither did the back end of my guys. We ended up getting no hit in that game. Actually put up seven runs here. So if you're maybe a Braves backer fan or just a player at this point, going, hey, you know what? the worst thing in the world we lost but at least you know what we got to max scherzer for four earned runs in this game if we see him down the line we'll see if we could tackle him some more at that time good win for the mets though but today Degrom's on the mound you probably can expect more of the same for the mets today it's a good point though by you for the braves hey at least we know that they're you're allowed to score runs against this guy here because he looked yes. just absolutely untouchable for so long up against this Braves lineup here. Speaking of division movement, minus 290 on the St. Louis Cardinals. These two teams right now, these two teams being one, the St. Louis Cardinals, and then the Milwaukee Brewers moving in opposite directions. That's what happens when one of them is hosting the Rockies versus one of them hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers. Right now, the division lead for the Cards is three. How do you feel about the NL Central? How do you feel about either or both of those results yesterday? Yeah, same way I felt yesterday. You know, we talked about it as well. If you're trying to just break down the two teams, we know the part that the strength of the Milwaukee Brewers is their front end starting pitching now. Their bullpen takes a little bit of a hit by moving on from Hayter, so it equals that up with the St. Louis Cardinals. But if we're just looking for lineup prowess here, one through nine, by far, it's the St. Louis Cardinals. And yesterday, took a look at Montgomery on the mound. He's been sensational for the St. Louis Cardinals. And one of the few times I took a run line full game, and it worked out well with a 5-1 to one victory over the Colorado Rockies. Anytime you get the Rockies outside of Colorado, that's what you anticipate. And what more do you want out of the Brewers? It's hard to say, we're going to play a series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's hope that we can win the series itself. You're more than likely just hoping to win a game from them. But if we're looking at the matchups now, a minus 290 the rest of the way my thought process is is going to change even if the two schedules you know flip back and forth and we might be looking at a dead heat once we're around september 15th i still trust the cardinals more than i do the brewers because if i need base hits 
I can get them with the Cardinals. I'm not so sure I get them as consistently with the Milwaukee Brewers. It also just, again, flashes the reminder that strength of schedule matters. I've made it a Mm -hmm. point to talk about it here on this show, and you've often seen what the strength of schedule is telling us. The odds are backing it up. They're agreeing. They're seeing a similar outcome. The other thing, though, I wanted to talk about from this game here quickly or from, from these games were some pitching performances. And I'll start with this. Tony Gonsolin from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Did we worry? Depends who you are. But this is right back to form. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, eight Ks, just one walk. Because for a while, man, what a luxury, Tony Gonsolin, this good. No, 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 no. This is a game one starter. Look at this. Am I am I crazy here? Am I off base? Is this not their game number one starter? The Los Angeles Dodgers and Tony Gonsolin? This is what they need from him. If they're all the Dodgers are World Series or bust. Yeah. There is no second place for this baseball team. They need Tony Gonsolin to be at this level if they are going to achieve their goal. Had to be big for Dodgers backers to see this performance. No, it was big, but also the, my favorite part about this, too, is it's the Dodgers, so you anticipate it. Like, we were worried about a guy that sits today, August 18th, with a 15-1 and record and an ERA of 2.12. Like, think about that. Like, that's how we have to nitpick the Los Angeles Dodgers, where a pitcher has a couple rough starts, and you say, ah, you know what? We didn't think Tony Gonsolin was on the up and up like a Walker Bueller would be or a Clayton Kershaw, but it looks like he's every bit playing that part. And the Dodgers, you're right. Lining him up, he is your all your all-star pitcher, I should say, but he is the guy that is lining up in the ALCS as game one, the and the NLCS, whatever division series, the World Series. He's your A1. He's gonna get the job done. I do think so. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, is Jordan Montgomery your number one? Well, if he keeps this up, he is. My mm. goodness. Three starts, one run allowed, which is good for a tidy point. 5-4 ERA has just been phenomenal for them. He's only allowed 12 hits over the 16 and two-thirds innings right now. 17 strikeouts back-to-back. Eight strikeout games for Jordan Montgomery. The St. Louis Cardinals needed to add some pitching, and Montgomery and Quintana from yesterday both have been super, super solid. We'll close out with some more Major League Baseball headlines. It's our number one of the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. San Diego Padres yesterday were getting after it in a major way. Ten runs scored by the Padres. Still flashing that ceiling that we know this offense can bring. One thing I wanted to mention here that stood out to me from this game, I don't know what caught your eye, was Manny Machado. Again, with a multi-hit performance. I'm I'm not positive, but he might have multiple hits in every single game that has been played since Juan Soto showed up to this building. Manny Machado, again, I do not know if anybody is going to catch Goldschmidt. His odds have only grown longer. But we said this, or I did at least, and I'm, not that you disagreed, from game number one that Soto showed up. Soto is phenomenal, and that's really going to help Machado because Soto is going to be on base it almost every single time that Machado gets up to that plate allowing Machado to get pitches to hit, and boy, is he taking advantage of it. No, he's really taking advantage of it, and rightfully so at this point. He didn't make, you know, $300 million contract just because he was an average baseball player, but you needed to surround him with talent for him to initially excel, and that's what's happening now. Just Juan Soto, and it's a shame because Fernando Tatis is not going to be back this year and for most parts of April next season. That would have been really incredible to see. Soto with the two-hole, Machado with the three, and maybe Tatis in the four-hole, and watch Mm -hmm. all those fastballs coming down the pike because you can't pitch around three straight guys here. It's a shame that's happened, but Manny Machado is going to be the centerpiece of this franchise here moving forward, at least through the playoffs this year. He has an eight-game streak of multiple hits. That, like, like (laughs) guys get pumped up when they have an eight-game hit streak. An eight-game multi-hit streak for Manny Machado is just absolutely phenomenal. And again, Right now, you have Juan Soto batting 320 in a Padres uniform with a 469 on base percentage. That's because he's Juan yeah. Soto, and that's what you expect from this guy. Up next, you better believe it, baby. It is NBA headlines. There's about a million of them. Could it take the entire hour? I had to stop Donnie. I didn't want to let him go wild, but that's where we start hour number two. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.